Pollock trying to steer around. Picked off center. They score! Feather back over to Manny. Splits the defense. His shot. He scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington. Fine collision. BL centering feed. They score! This is Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello and welcome to another edition of the CUDA Confidential Podcast, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, American Hockey League affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here, the voice of the Barracuda, along with marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Well, there's been a lot of news in Barracuda country as of late with the signing of veteran forward T.J. Hensick, the recall of Colby McCauley, and then, of course, games mixed in between a big 2-1 to win over the Tucson Roadrunners in a shootout on Tuesday. And not only was that a big win to get off the losing skid that San Jose had put itself on for a moment, three games in a row in which they had lost for the first time this season, but it kind of exercised the demons in terms of shootouts too because San Jose was just one and four going into Tuesday's games in shootouts. Francis Perron in his career had never scored in a shootout, was 0 for 5. Well, he has a brilliant move. It's the game winner, and San Jose picks up two real important points because Bakersfield just continues to win. They won last night again, and they uh, right now it doesn't look like they're going to stop anytime soon. They've got Ontario for a couple games this upcoming weekend. Plus, you had San Diego. They uh, picked up a point yesterday. Colorado beat San Diego in overtime. So it's a complete logjam right now. Nothing is solidified in the Pacific Division. So San Jose's got one thing they can control, and that's the way they play and their ability to pick up points down the stretch here. Yeah, it's what we've been waiting for, right? We've been waiting for every team to hit their stride and start to pick up speed, and that's what everybody's starting to do. We saw it with San Diego early on. We knew that they were a good team, and it was just only a matter of time before they pieced it all together. They've been very good. Now, fortunately, uh, for the rest of the division, uh, Boyle got called up to Anaheim, uh, so their goaltending hasn't been as strong as it was before, which I think is uh, has slowed them down a little bit. Uh, but like you said, Bakersfield is just continuing to roll. They've won 13 straight potentially could end up being 15 straight by the end of the weekend because they've got uh, an Ontario team who's still down at the bottom of our division, although they're becoming tougher to play, I think, as we go along here. But uh, I saw they just got Johnny Brodzinski back on reassignment for a conditioning stint, so that could help them out a little bit, but but they're definitely a, a good little team. Uh, but, yeah, g- getting a win for us against Tucson on Tuesday was big, not just to stop the skid, but was, I think it was real important to – go into the weekend series with San Diego on a high note. Like Even if you hadn't lost three straight before that, you don't want to go into a, a series with a team like San Diego having lost your most recent game. So I think it's, it's real important for them to, to get that win. And uh, talking with Frankie after the game, uh, you know, he just talked about, I asked him what, what was he looking at when he came down in the shootout, and he didn't even really want to talk about that. He just kind of said, you know, it's just a, it was just great to finally get a you know a shootout win, get a win in the shootout, which had been such a struggle for them for so long, and obviously him personally not having scored in a while, it's uh, it's good to see them get back on the right track. Yeah, indeed, and it's a great point going into the weekend against San Diego because everybody's kind of enamored right now with what Bakersfield's doing, but San Diego before Boyle went up, they were equally impressive. I mean, they went on that long run and they weren't losing too many games back to back. Uh, Kevin Boyle, as you mentioned, Joey got recalled a couple days ago, made his first NHL start last night, made 35 saves en route to a one nothing shutout win. And just a handful of goaltenders to pick up shutouts in their debut. I saw a graphic on NHL Network. They had a picture of Troy Grosnick up there. Mm-hmm. Of course, his epic debut with the Sharks a handful of years ago in a shutout win over the Carolina Hurricanes. So 
you know, Boyle, we've seen it all year. It's no real surprise he goes up there and has some success because he has really been the catalyst to San Diego's kind of run and they're turning around of their season because it seems like a long time ago, but this goals team at the beginning of the year was outside of the playoff picture. Well, then we talked about it on the first couple episodes. They just, their biggest issue is they couldn't stop pucks and they were scoring goals, but they just weren't able to keep them out of their own net. And then once Boyle put it together and a mix with Coro at the time was there, but once they kind of put it together, everything started to click and they've been hot ever since now. Obviously, Boyle's gone, so it's taken a step back. But that was the, really the key to their turnaround. Yeah, and it was interesting, too. Of course, there's a lot going on in Southern California with the Anaheim Ducks organization. Of course, they just fired their head coach. Bob Murray, the general manager, took over as the head coach. There were some rumblings. Maybe Dallas Eakins would get a crack yeah. at that job. We'll see. Maybe this offseason he may. I think yeah, he's done a pretty good think job. He, I would think they let him marinate a little bit in the AHL. Not that he has I mean, he's won 300 games. Not that he's not seasoned, but... Why call him up midseason? San Diego's doing well. Don't shake things up down there. Maybe get a, have him get a better look at some of those young guys who he likes potentially for an NHL gig in the future. And then, yeah, maybe over the offseason give him that, that bump up to the, you know, the head coach title. But with all that's going on in San Diego, I wonder if is, is it Kevin Boyle going to return anytime soon? Are they going to keep giving him an extended look? I mean, I want, with the turmoil that they're in, you kind of wonder – what direction they're going to go in. Is Troy Terry going to get a call up at some point and, and stay there for the rest of the year? It's, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, I was looking at their roster yesterday, just kind of getting ready for the upcoming weekend. There's a lot of pieces and a lot of guys that have NHL experience on that team. But Troy Terry certainly is a guy that you'd look at as Sam Steele, a first-round pick. I mean, they've got guys down right now. Kiefer Sherwood is down right now as a guy who's been Max up. Max Jones is Max a guy, Jones, too. he just got actually recalled, so he's back up. But he's been really a dynamic player, another first-rounder. Um, by the Ducks, but it's going to be interesting. It boils up in the NHL for an extended period of time. This is a different-looking San Diego group. Jeff Glass is the veteran goaltender who's been backing up Kevin Boyle, and he was yanked last night, allowing, um, I think, four goals through the first 40 minutes of play. Didn't play in the third period. He's been pulled in two of his last three starts, so um, it certainly hasn't been an easy run since Boyle was recalled, but Glass has got the start in the last four straight games. Angus Redman had to come in um, to the game on yesterday in Colorado um, and ended up allowing a goal in overtime, uh, stopped seven of eight shots, but allowed the goal in overtime. And because his team came back, Redmond actually picks up the loss in that decision. So a bit of a hard luck loss for him. But Glass has not necessarily been the veteran presence they kind of envisioned um, in between the pipes uh, since they acquired him from the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Last year, Glass got his first uh, crack of the NHL, played a handful of games with the Chicago Blackhawks, who is a seasoned guy and in his early 30s. So he's been around the block, but it will be interesting. How long does Kevin Boyle stay up and how long does that affect uh, this San Diego team? Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch, but uh, you know, lots of focus obviously on the rest of the division. But like you said, to start off the, the show here, we've had some moves ourselves and we've made some Made some waves a little bit, hopefully bringing some reinforcements. Obviously, Colby McCauley coming up from uh, from Orlando, having himself a nice little year uh, to hopefully bring up some some grittiness and a little bit more of an edge to the you know the, the bottom half of the forward lines. But also signing veteran forward T.J. Hensick, which hopefully uh, you know, I think it was kind of in the works going forward that they wanted to bring somebody in. But uh, to see a 
a proven score, especially at the AHL level, come in uh, is, is going to help this team tremendously. Yeah, it's going to be nice to see Hensick and Teal and not Silver and Black. He's yeah. been a bit of a terror against San Jose over the last couple of years as a member of the Ontario Reign. As you mentioned, Joe, a proven scorer at this level. I mean, he's up there with some of, some of the best in the American Hockey League, especially when it comes to games played. He's played 630 games. That's 11th most among current players. Is 166 goals puts him at eighth. His 402 assists put him at third, and he's second in points among active players at 568. Probably, probably only behind Chris Bork would be my guess because I'm pretty sure he's the guy who's kind of leading the way for, when it comes to points for yep, active players right. in the American League. So, yeah, I mean, it's looking over his stats, 45 points in Ontario last year, 52 points the year before, which led their team, and those weren't, they were not bad Ontario teams. You know, this is the first time really this year we've seen Ontario kind of struggle a little bit. They've been pretty good the past couple of years, and he's he was a big part of why they were so yeah, good. Absolutely. He was kind of, honestly, when, at least when we played him, he was the straw that kind of stirred that drink. Right now in Toledo in the ECHL, he's leading the ECHL when he when he got this, uh, when he signed here with San Jose with 58 points, 17 goals and 41 assists. So first in both assists and points. Um, he's had a pretty nice year. This is his first year in the ECHL. And um, he's been in that league due more in part to the fact that he's from the state of Michigan, played at the University of Michigan, close to Toledo, which is, you know, maybe an hour and a half from mm -hmm. Detroit uh, in, in the state of Ohio. So at this point in his career, he was playing in Toledo, I think, just to kind of uh, be close to the family. And he didn't really know where the career was going at that point. So I think he's excited to be back in the American Hockey League. Yeah. But he was in the ECHL instead of going to Europe because it was close to his family. So. Yeah. Um, he's a guy too I mean he went on a little stretch from 2009 to 2013 where he topped 65 points for four straight years I mean it's 70 points with Lake Erie in 2009 2010 he had 69 points in Peoria followed up by 70 points and 67 points uh, also with Peoria so it's this guy I mean he's his goal scoring touch is there I mean he's had double digit goals and pretty much every year he's been a pro uh, but he, he's a really a facilitator. He's a playmaker. He's going to find guys to get open and put them in good good opportunities so they can, you know, finish and put the puck in the back of the net, which is we get a lot of guys who can score goals, so having somebody else who can set them up, get some power play time, which, we, you know, is going to help us out a little bit too. Uh, hopefully all kind of starts to come together and we can find that that groove that we got in early in the year and, and get back on that track. Yeah, he hasn't been in the NHL for a couple of years, but he has 112 games in National Hockey League experience with both St. Louis and Colorado. And from a historic standpoint, his time at Michigan was one of the best careers in their history. And obviously that's an illustrious uh, collegiate program. So this is a guy who at every single level in his career, and he continues even at, at the age of 33 to be able to fill the back of the net. So certainly... From uh, our standpoint, we're excited to see him get in the lineup. San Jose, if you look at the stats on average, they're they're above the, the middle of the pack. You know, they're in the top echelon in terms of goals per game. But it is, has felt as of late, especially with the struggles of the power play, that they just need to get some jolt from an offensive standpoint. And I know um, I talked to Roy the other day before the game on Tuesday, and he said he was excited to get Hensick in simply to kind of bolster the power play. So maybe that can kind of turn things and start getting that, uh, that power play unit in the right direction. Yeah, sometimes you just need a little bit of fresh blood and kind of bring things up. The other big th nice thing with Hensick too is looking at his, his numbers. He's a pretty disciplined player. He doesn't take many penalties. And he's got 10 penalty minutes in Toledo this year. That's five penalties on the year. He's played 47 games, right? The year before, it's 12 and 18. And 
He had four, uh, you know, 12 penalty minutes the year before that, and 10. He had zero penalty minutes when he was in Hartford in 2013-14. So, like, disciplined guy, and I think that comes with being a veteran and kind of knowing where to take risks and where to be aggressive, where to be a little bit more passive. And I think uh, being, having someone like that is going to be on the ice a lot, hopefully for us, is, is going to help. And it'll kind of go along with his locker room because San Jose is one of the most disciplined teams in the American League. I think last time I checked, they were 30th among 31 teams in terms of penalty minutes per game. So they've done a good job and uh, found ways to kind of avoid the penalty box this season. San Jose has a 682 winning percentage now that puts them atop the Pacific Division as they've been standing. But in terms of points, Bakersfield, as they continue to roll, they've got one additional point than San Jose has, but they have played three more games. So you can put that into perspective in terms of kind of positioning in the division. But Baker Bakersfield's not going anywhere. San Diego's not going anywhere. They're only a couple points behind San Jose. And then right on their heels, San Diego's four points behind them are the Tucson Roadrunners. So, um, and right behind them is Colorado. Is Colorado. Who's, so Stockton yeah. and Ontario, they've kind of fallen away from the pack. Stockton at this point, um, they're nine points behind Colorado for that fifth spot. So at this point, you probably can chalk it up that Stockton and Ontario are going to have a, you know, a long summer. Yeah. Um, but you know, those top five teams, it's going to be a dogfight all the way to the bitter end. And it's just certainly exciting, exciting times of the year. Yeah. And real quick, too, before we move on from TJ Hensick, he's pretty sure he's coming into this locker room, which is the youngest team yep. in the American Hockey League. And he's going to be the oldest guy immediately, right? I'm pretty sure he's a year older than John McCarthy, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, or they're at least right around the same age. He's going to come in immediately and be the oldest guy. So you wonder if... Someone like that comes in is and being around all these young guys. Not that he needs rejuvenation in his career because he's still putting up points, but you wonder if that kind of brings a little bit more life into the game that he plays, having being around all these young guys. Not only that, this guy's a four-time All-Star, so he he's a like we said, he's he's proven, and I think he's going to do wonders for this locker room, especially from a, a leadership standpoint as we push towards the playoffs here. Yeah, John, Johnny Mack all of a sudden is the uh, one of the young guys again. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're younger. Uh, Hensick comes in as a 33 year old. Johnny Mack just turned 32 this year. So yeah, to have a veteran presence like that to come into the lineup at this point of the year, they're hard to find. So tip your cap to. I mean, you think about the veterans we have. Well. I mean, you got John McCarthy. He's an established vet, but like after John, your vets are. John Martin, Jake Middleton, guys who are still 22, 23 years old, but because they're in their third year in the AHL, they they are technically veterans. But this is a, a proven, you know, actual veteran who's who's been around for a while. Um, so it's a little bit, a little bit of a, a shakeup, but it'll, I think it'll be nice. Yeah, everybody. the closest guy to John McCarthy is Tim Clifton, who's 26. I mean, we had Luke Osherdeal, who was 28, um, for, you know, a handful of games. I think he's now established himself up top. But, you know, this is a, an extremely young team, the second youngest team in the American Hockey League, only behind Tucson. So, um, you know, there's a lot of youth. And I think, uh, you know, another veteran presence, another veteran voice would certainly be encouraged and welcome into the locker room. Um, this is a team that gets along with each other. They enjoy hanging out with each other off the ice. So, um, I think Hensick will be a nice addition um, to just add to that uh, to the veteran core. That is uh, pretty thin with just Johnny Mack pretty much up top and, and kind of leading these guys. But um, Jake Middleton, even a John Martin, you know, these guys are, you know, they're, they're mature beyond their years. Oh, but sure. you can't replace a, a guy who has the type of experience that, that a TJ Hensick has. Yeah, and we'll hope, you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit. And I think TJ's planning on joining the team today. Yeah. Uh, so he should be uh, should be around this weekend. I'm sure he gets himself into the lineup as well, and it'll be nice to to have him here. And hopefully, we uh, bring him on the podcast soon to introduce him to everybody to 
introduce him to Cuda Country. Yeah, Michael Chase, on the assistant coach who played at the University of Michigan, is going to pick him up about uh, 11.30. He may have already skipped out here as we're recording I'm pretty the podcast sure, yeah, here. I'm pretty sure he already hopped off. So um, we're getting kind of a Michigan contingent here. I feel like there's the, the connection. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I grew up a Buckeyes fan, so, yeah. you know, they're, they're good sports about it. But uh, – uh, I, Michigan I men, they stick Michigan together. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, was talking to Chaser about it, if he had known uh, Hensick, and he said, well, we're about seven years apart, so from some alumni stuff, we, we've crossed paths, but we aren't, you know, real, real familiar with one another. But um, another connection there, we had, uh, we, had a, we had a Michigan guy in earlier this year. I'm, trying, I'm blanking on the name. We had DeYoung. A, yeah, DeYoung, Nolan DeYoung. He came yeah. in for a game, um, and he was a teammate and actually a defensive partner at Jason. Right. So, um, I guess it helps when you have a, an assistant coach that has that type of connection, um, you know, to the collegiate game and, and to the University of Michigan. So, um, good get, though, by Joe Will. I know yeah. we, we were talking about, is he going to get somebody he could tell something was in the works and yeah. didn't know really where the and direction. I, and and I, I wouldn't be surprised, too. I mean, obviously, like you said, we talked about it a little bit, and I think it kind of got pushed to the forefront a little bit over the past, you know, week or so about really having to bring somebody in. But... I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe try to grab one other guy, another veteran name to, or you know, someone who's been around for a bit to kind of help out, whether that's to put him on the back end or another forward just to kind of add a little bit more. Because, I mean, th this team is, is poised to potentially make a good run. And one thing that you've seen with teams that have won in years past or teams that go very far, it's they have that veteran presence along with a lot of youth and speed and skill. Uh, so I'd be curious to see what happens. I think a lot of it, too, depends on what happens with the NHL trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks here, uh, kind of how that shakes out to see, you know, what decisions have to be made. But it wouldn't surprise me if another guy came in. Not that I know anything, but, you know, you never know. Yeah, you, you never know. You never know. So a uh, right, reminder to fans, Barracuda are back in action this upcoming Saturday. That's a one fifteen start, part of a hockey day in San Jose doubleheader. Our next two will be those as we play again on Monday. The Canucks will be in town on Saturday. It'll be the Boston Bruins on Monday as the Barracuda will play again the first game of the two, both against San Diego. So the Cuda play Saturday at 1.15 and Monday at 1.15. It'll be part of a hockey day in San Jose doubleheader. The Sharks are back in action tonight. They return back to the SAP Center. They've got Alex Ovechkin coming into town. His only visit to the tank this year, so you don't want to miss that one as well. You can go to sjsharks.com, pick up your tickets for that one. I'm excited for that game. I'm excited for where the Sharks are at at this yeah. point. I mean, absolutely rolling. And Good no luck. Eric Carlson. Yeah, so. good little good little stretch uh, here. I saw something that said Carlson's probably not going to play tonight against Washington, and with the way the team is playing, there's really no rush to get him back anytime soon. It's make sure he's healthy and go from there. But this is a good little stretch. Obviously, Washington's a very good team. Vancouver's kind of on the fringe of things, and and although we kind of gave it to them uh, when we played them on was it Monday? Yeah, I think Monday, Monday. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we kind of gave it to them, but I'm sure they're going to come back ready for revenge and. A, Boston is another team that's playing very, very well, despite losing one of their superstar players. So um, they're uh, it's a little stretch here for the, yeah, the Sharks. It's gonna be it's gonna be big, and it's I think the Sharks have kind of taken the taken the reins here in the Western Conference as far as being the top dog, which is what everybody kind of expected to start the year. So uh, hopefully they can keep their little run going too. Yeah, they'll kick off a, a homestand with the Sharks tonight. Um, it marks five straight at home, and it includes visits from Boston, Washington, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and then Vancouver. So that's a bit of a murderer's row, and certainly yeah. it would be a nice little test for San Jose, who's finding their stride at a good point in the season. So exciting stuff at the NHL level, and that also trickles down to us here 
at the American Hockey League level. Dylan Gambrell is up right now, and I thought he played some really good hockey. He was sick in that game against Vancouver, yeah. came up with the flu or something yeah. before the game, so didn't play. Lukas Radil got back in the lineup. So, you know, I thought Gambrell played really well in his uh, couple games during that road trip. Um, so we'll see uh, if we see him anytime soon. If he continues to play and supply the type of energy he, he was on that fourth line with Melker Carlson and Barkley Goodrow, I would be uh, shocked if we see him anytime soon. Yeah, it's tough. You don't want to shake th- – when things are going well, you don't want to shake things up too much. But at the same time, I mean, you put Radil in the other day against Vancouver and they, you know, put up seven spots. And against, he played well. And, yeah, and he, didn't, he didn't play bad. So uh, obviously you can chalk a lot of that up to Mike DiPietro and – kind of struggling his first professional start coming up from the Ontario Hockey League. That's a tough position to be put in. Uh, But, yeah, you know, you wonder if maybe chalk some of that that success up to the goaltending situation that they had. and Maybe Gambrell gets the factor back then tonight. You know, I I don't don't know. I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, D. Pietro, the teammate of Sharks prospect Sasha Shemilevsky with the Ottawa 67s. He was not expected to play in that game. Uh, got the uh, got the notice about an hour before puck drop. Yeah. So, you know, he it's thought he was an emergency goaltender. Tough situation in Vancouver right now with their goaltenders, too. I mean, obviously you got guys who are hurt, and Thatcher Demko is really one of their goalies of the future, and he's banged up. And then you look over in Utica, and they don't really have anybody on an NHL deal right now. Their other guy who was on an NHL deal tore his Achilles, I was told. And then you got – just kind of trickles from there, and – that's why they made the move with the Rangers the other day to bring somebody in because they need some help. So it's a tough situation, obviously, to have to bring somebody up from the, the OHL, but you got to make the most of what you have. Yeah, they made a trade earlier this season, did, uh, did Vancouver. They traded one of their goaltenders to Ottawa. So, um, you and know, they were I'm supposed, sure they they were supposed to get Mike McKenna back, and Mike McKenna – it was an, on an NHL deal, so we had to go to Vancouver and then clear waivers, and he didn't clear waivers. He got claimed. So they didn't get him. They didn't, yeah, so they didn't get him, which is tough. That's but a he tough must situation. have cleared waivers again because he was back in the American Hockey League with McKenna, but maybe at that point they'd already you know, yeah. filled, the, filled that role. But um, Anders Nielsen was the, was the guy they traded earlier this yep. year. So, um, yeah, interesting times in Vancouver. A bit of a French team that could make the playoffs, and they lost last night on the road against Anaheim 1-0. A very very struggling Anaheim team, but maybe they find a spark with the change at the at the helm in terms of the coaching position. So things are uh, things are certainly interesting at both the American League and the NHL. So um, exciting stuff ahead. Uh, a reminder for Monday's game: it's Orange You Glad Day. The Barracuda will bring back their orange specialty jerseys. We know you love the orange ones. We love the orange ones, but they're only going to wear them one time this year, so you don't want to miss it. The first 4,000 fans on Monday to the 115 start against San Diego will receive a replica jersey, um, and also the Barracuda will wear specially orange jerseys as well. You can bid on those jerseys, gesture.barracuda.com. Backwards, barracuda.gesture.com. You can yes. sign up, mobile bidding. Good call. Or uh, you can text Barracuda to 52182, join that auction. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm excited to see the orange jerseys back. Obviously, it's one of my favorites to wear. I think fans are very excited about it. I know the players are very excited about it. Some of them have already asked, you know, where can they bid on their jerseys because they, they, <laughs> they want some or they want their parents or families to bid on some. So very exciting stuff. Everybody's going to get the replica giveaway jersey. I want everybody to wear orange. Yes. I want the tank just covered in orange. I think if everybody shows up in orange, whether they have the replica jersey yeah, or something. Yeah, hopefully they'll throw the jersey on. And that'll, be, yeah. that'll be pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, I don't ha- I wish If I had an orange suit, I'd wear it. I don't <laughs> have one. I'll settle for an orange tie, I guess. Uh, but no, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, last part of our throwback series. Yep. 
And it's been fun. The throwback series is, uh, have been uh, very successful. And to add a little cherry on top, the team's 4-0 and this year wearing specialty jerseys. So let's keep uh, the train going. And, Why not? Uh, Why not? New logo on, on, the, on the orange jersey, so that's a subtle difference. You could yeah, it'll be – yeah, the, the real big difference is so obviously it's going to look essentially the same. The biggest difference is instead of the old block SJ logo, it's got the newer block SJ logo. Yeah. So that's really the only major difference. Um, but still – the only way to get your hands on one of those orange jerseys is going to be at this game. Um, we're not going to have them, you know, jerseys off your backs like we've done in years past because we're not wearing them throughout the year. So uh, if you want one, be there on Monday or, or sign up and join that auction because once they're gone, they're gone. And, you, and I kind of – you you kind of forget about the orange jerseys. I've seen, you know, on our social pages popping up some photos now, getting ready for the game. And it makes you like, whoa, those things are pretty sharp. Are so I'm sharp. pretty excited about getting those back at least for the one yeah. game. And, um, again, you can bid on those jerseys. And the first 4,000 fans in attendance will receive an orange replica jersey. It will be the final um, of our five-part affiliate throwback series. And the final jersey giveaway, three of those were jersey giveaways. So – you don't want to miss it. Uh, I think this is probably, in terms of the jersey giveaway, eh, it's right up there at the top in terms of one of the best ones. Mm -hmm. um, we've done a black jersey giveaway. We've done we've done a, we've done a black jersey, a white jersey, yep. a teal jersey. Orange. Now we got the orange one. Yes. And with this one, you know, obviously the other two that we get out this year have had other throwback logos on it. This one is really Barracuda branded. Yes. Uh, so I think it's going to be. I see the black jerseys all the time. People are always wearing them at the games. We're going to see these around town all the time. So I'm excited to get them out and get them in people's hands. Yeah, definitely. And you can go to sjbarracuda.com slash promotions for more information or go to sjbarracuda.com slash tickets or stop on by the Threat Metrics ticket office at the SAP Center. Plenty of options. A reminder to fans, we are on a tape delay this upcoming Saturday in terms of broadcast coverage, but you can listen live on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app at sjbarracuda.com slash listen. And as always, you can watch live for a small fee on AHL TV. And then on Monday, uh, we will be completely on the app, so completely on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app and on sjbarracuda.com slash listen with no KDOW radio coverage. So if you're looking for it, again, your one-stop shop will be the app in sjbarracuda.com slash listen. So don't you worry. We will still have the broadcast, as we will, for all 68 regular season games plus playoffs. So um, just just a uh, FYI and just a reminder. Um, should we uh, bring them yeah, on? Yeah, we haven't even talked about it yet. We're, so, I mean, we put it out on social, but we're going to bring on Antoine Bebo today uh, to kind of chat with him about the year so far and – you know, some off the ice stuff. Get to know him a little bit. For those of you who who, who don't know him, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot of personality. Too. Yeah, great guy. guy. So. Um, you know, we'll talk to Bibbs about it. But you often hear uh, the notion that goaltenders are a little bit odd. Bebo, he's not. We Grossnick, we've had the most normal. Yeah. Yosef Kornosh. I mean, you go down the line of the goalies. Literally, that I think had. every goalie. We haven't had, had a weird, a weird odd. Montez Armalis was Montes a normal goalie. Normal. I mean, Aaron Dell was a normal guy yeah. year one. It's they're yeah. all kind of. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. kind of. Uh, everybody says this. Yeah, everybody says there's a stereotype. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen it. So. No, no, um, I haven't either. Especially not here. So, um, without further ado, let's grab them. Let's grab them. Welcoming in Antoine Bevo. What's up, Bibbs? Appreciate you kind of jumping aboard. First time on the Cuda Confidential Podcast, man. We yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we've been kind of we've been bringing guys on, just kind of getting different stories. We're trying to kind of find behind the scenes type of stuff and, and get you guys comfortable and talking about you know life away from the game. Um, but let's start with the game. I think um, 
You know, you you and Yosef Kornash have split off this year. Um, I know last year, this time of the year, you were you were carrying the heavy load. You're a little bit banged up, I think, and uh, going into the playoffs, still playing tremendous. But how do you feel this time of year now that you you've been able to trade starts, and I'm sure you're feeling pretty healthy and good yeah, to go. Yeah, I feel pretty good. The team's been playing well, and like you said, we've been uh, sharing all the starts. So I think it was good, so we could recover easier. Maybe um, we knew when we were playing and. Uh, we were able to get ready for the next game and and really take care of our body. So so I think it, yeah, I'm feeling really good going to the last uh, last stretch of the season. Does he does he does he and Cornash does Joe ever come to you asking you know for advice on the pro game and things like that? Like what kind of things have you kind of shared with him throughout the year to kind of get him to uh, where he is? Nothing that I can really think of right now. But overall, just like little things like like we we're sharing we're roommate on the road. So just he he came in and like just his routine was completely different than mine so he told me he wasn't sleeping at all during game day and then he kind of changed it a bit now he's sleeping a bit and just just little things like that that we kind of like got to know each other got to know what he's doing what I'm doing and we learned from that and on the ice I mean we're pretty open if if he sees some things in my game then he'll he'll let me know and same thing with me and and with Nabby so we have a really good relationship do you with him being obviously he's so he's only 21 recently turned 21 he's such a young guy you play with some other goalies in your in your career so far is he I mean how advanced would you say he is for a kid at his age oh, as, as advanced as it gets I mean he's having a, a amazing season and he his work ethic is just really good and takes care of his body he's a true professional so no it's it's great to see especially coming from a 21 years old kid you're able to pick up a win the other night in a shootout, um, a big victory for you guys. You've won seven, I think, your last eight, or you've picked up points in seven of your last eight, um, and it seems like you're really starting to hit your stride after a really strong start to the year. Um, do you feel like your game is kind of uh, where you want it to be at this point in the year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think since New Year's, I really turned it on, and the, like I said, the team has been playing really well. We've had a little bit of a tough stretch there the last few games, but... Um, we have such a good group of guys, so we know we're going to be able to turn things around. And um, last game, just show how resilient this group is. We got scored in a minute left, which you never want to see, but we found a way to get in the overtime and win the game. So, um, yeah, I feel really good about my game, and the whole team is really good. How nice is it this year coming into your second year in San Jose? Last year, you know, there was some unknown, being the fact Toronto didn't offer you another contract. You come to San Jose in you know, an organization pretty deep at that position. You had a great year last year being an all-star. How good do you feel this year now that you're, you know, you're comfortable in this area and you're comfortable with the organization? Yeah, I feel really good. Like you said, I'm, I'm more comfortable. I'm comfortable with the organization, the player, the San Jose in general. Last year I came in with an open mind. I was really excited to get here, and but it was all new for me, like the whole, the whole organization, all the players. So it was the first time really going through something like that. Actually, I don't think I knew anyone here last year, which is... Um, if you look at every organization, pretty much I knew at least a guy, but here really I didn't know anyone. So it was all different for me, but um, it worked out well. And this year, obviously, I'm a lot more comfortable and um, it helped me a lot. Last year, working with Grossi, Grossi is a great guy, and he helped me really get comfortable here and um, trying to do the same thing with uh, Yosef. We talked uh, a little bit before you came on about uh, a shootout win the other day, but how in general... This shootout's been a, a bit of a struggle for the team this year as far as putting, you know, finding pucks to get, get them in the back of the net. On your end as a goalie, what do you, you know, if it's a shootout one-on-one, you got a guy coming down trying to put one past you. What's like, what goes through your mind? What are you watching? What, kind of, what, are, what tips you off? 
Uh, my goal is actually not to think too much and just play it calm. If I think too much and I'm trying to think if he's going to shoot, if he's going to deke, sometimes I'll I'll commit and I'll make the first move. So it's really just to get my depth, be square and be patient and just let him do the first move. That way uh, it's easier for me. So you kind of, are you like, eyes on the puck? Do you watch yeah. the stick? Do you watch his eyes? Like what do you, I guess, what do you focus yeah, on? Yeah, I'll focus. I don't really look at their eyes. I focus more on the stick, how he angles his blade if he has the puck in front of him, on the side of him, kind of little things like that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I really focus more on being patient because that's really what it is. If you're not patient, you'll bite and then something's going to open up. So. Right. He had that breakaway save against Philip Maia on that game against Ontario the other day, and uh, he had already had a couple goals in that hockey game. I, I want to, from a goaltending perspective, when you've got a guy bearing down on you on a breakaway, um, you mentioned it kind of with shootouts and stuff and what you're looking for tendencies. That is so bang, bang. You know, what, what are you more trying to react? What, what is the thought process? What are you thinking in, the, in that yeah, split second? Yeah, I mean, in a breakaway in a game, so it comes out, it's a lot faster than a shootout. So as soon as I see it's going to be a breakaway, I try to get my depth right away get some momentum, and then really just react to what he's going to do. Um, yeah, it was it was funny because when I saw my yeah, I knew he already had two goals, and I know the guy. Um, he lived actually at my house grow, in, playing in, the, in junior, so I know him really well, and I knew he had two goals. And as soon as I left my head, I saw him, and I was like, no, he can't score that third <laughs> one. <laughs> Never let him live it down. No, no doubt. Uh, how's it been uh, working with uh, getting to Baca for these last year and a half? It's been awesome. He's, a, he's such a good guy. and. He's a great goalie coach, but uh, he's an even better person, and he's uh, yeah, he's really helped us, me and and Yosef this year. And like I said, we have a really good relationship, Yosef and I. But with with Nabi, it's been even better, and um, yeah, he's he's helped us a lot. And sometimes it's not even necessarily technical part about the game. It's more sometimes, let's say you're struggling or something like that. He'll come in because he's got that experience, so he knows what you're going through. So so it's no, it's been great for us. I'm gonna I'm gonna shift focus to my roots here a little bit off the ice. So obviously my background is being out in the community doing all that stuff. And and last year you are man of the year nominee. This year you're once again kind of leading the way in the locker room as far as you know making those appearances and doing things like that. How how important is you know all the community work and that that yeah, stuff away from the rink? How important yeah, is that? Yeah, it's really you? important. I mean I I grew up in a in Victoriaville where there's a Q team and I grew up, my, my parents had some players over, so we were a Billet family. So I grew up kind of like looking up to these guys and I know how important it is for the kids, how important it is for the community. So I'm really just trying to give back because we appreciate their support so much and um, we have really good fans. And obviously, like I said, it's it's not a lot sometimes. We just do little things, but they appreci- I'm sure they appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. I know one of your passions is is working with animals, dogs specifically. You made a trip to Humane Society, and you got a, a, a little guy yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about Louie. It's awesome. I got him last year after um, after Christmas, and now it's been great. You you come back to from the rank, and he's just there, and he's always happy to see you. And it's just different sometimes, especially when, when it's not going well, when you're in a bad mood. He's always there to cheer you up, and he's always there. And, um, yeah, it's been different a lot busier for sure uh but no it's been it's been a good change for us so you got a puppy and yeah. now and now you uh it's a big news just to kick off the new year you got engaged to your your wonder girlfriend <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Aaron, so congratulations thank i mean thank you um it's valentine's day it is valentine's it day is but you guys got planned anything big anything special on nice not little much my my uh my mom and my brother are actually coming coming in tonight so i gotta pick them up at the airport but uh no not much we we had a little supper last night and bottle of wine and just simple stuff 
Yeah. But uh, no, we can't really, like I said, we can't really do anything tonight, unfortunately, because uh, my 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 mom and my brother are coming in. But uh, no, we we kind of, like I said, we had something last night for it. Nice. I think that's the best way to go. Is is uh, maybe do the thirteenth or the fifteenth? You well, know, fourteenth busy everywhere. everywhere. Stuff, yeah. Unless you booked it two months out, you're probably not going to go to any sort yeah. of like high end restaurant. But and then and then you can kind of, from a guy's perspective, you can alleviate a little bit of the pressure. There's not the heat on you. you yeah, know? exactly. And the fourteenth is a tough one. <laughs> Stop it's man. funny. Yesterday I was I was walking around. You just see all these guys like. Rushing to get flowers, oh, to get those things. Flowers, like last chocolate. Minute. It stresses a me out. A that's holding a heart that says, I love you. It's yeah. Just, yeah. But, no, it's, uh, it's been good. Good. Um, we were coming back uh, from Ontario the other day, and uh, it started snowing, and the roads were completely frozen over. We touched, about it, touched on it a little bit during the broadcast, but um, I wanted to dive in that a little bit. You were joking. This reminds me of Canada. You know, we got outside, and, I mean, it, we stopped at a, a truck stop, and, Everybody got out, and we were getting snacks from the vending machine and stuff. And, I mean, it was howling wind, and they're still on the ground. And um, not something you're used to in California. You know, what was – were you getting a little nervous? Because the bus was sliding. We're seeing yeah, the well, I was, I was actually in the back playing cards with the guy. So we, don't, we didn't really know what was going on. But we could see all the guys standing and looking out. So we, did, we didn't really know what was going on until we look outside, and we saw the snow. And we're like, what? We're, we're in California, and there's snow on the ground right now. And then, uh, and then that was pretty scary, the part where – the bus was just sliding, and then that truck in front of us was sliding sideways. Um, but yeah, it was pretty. It was interesting going out, especially we went out. It was literally ice on the ground, freezing cold, and it's just not what you expect from California. But um, the weather has been kind of all over the place yeah, lately this has. year. So, and I think I think that's the same way even for Canada. They're they're having really tough weather, worse than usual, and. It's really all over the place. So, do you have any horror stories from your time in junior hockey when it comes to the bus? Um, Anything like that, or we had a we had a drive. So I was playing in, in Prince of Rhode Island, and we were in Valdor all the way across. So we had to bus all the way, and uh, that's I mean it's twenty something hours. So we had to change driver. So the first driver started driving from Valdor drove a few hours and we had a sleeper bus so after a few hours guys all went to bed and next thing you know I woke up in the middle of the night and the bus is not moving and I'm like what are we gonna, what are we doing so I look over and this, the bus driver was tired so yeah he, he was sleeping but he, like his job was only to drive from Valdor to like Quebec City like 10 hours and then he was done but he took like two hours on the side of the road had a nap and then we changed driver the second one wasn't very good and then we had to change him early because he was just not there. And then, uh, and then our third driver, I think they're only allowed to drive a certain amount of hour, and he pushed it just because everyone just wanted to get home, and I don't think that was legal. But yeah, that was a tough trip. I think it took us 26 hours. So Goodness. That was Make probably a long trip even longer. My that God, that sounds awful. That was probably the longest one <laughs> I've had, yeah. That's tough. We used to uh, – I, I spent one season uh, in the North American Hockey League, which is – you know, junior hockey, not at the level of the CHL, but we had an annual bus trip where you would, it, we were in Texas, so you'd start in Texas and we'd bus all the way up to Minnesota. It was a big showcase. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like a 30-hour bus trip. I mean, if it wasn't a sleeper, you couldn't really do it because it was a sleeper. Oh, no, yeah, sleepers are nice, but if it's not a sleeper, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, you sleep on the ground, you figure it out, but it's not the same. Yeah, and then you never know what you're going to get in terms of bus drivers, but... Yeah, things can get a little bit Harry Holbs was talking about his bus, Moose Jaw. Um, it had broken down outside of Calgary. Um, the night, actually, we were slipping and sliding on the, oh, wow. on the grapevine. So everybody's like, 
you know, everybody was a little bit rattled because, I mean, our bus trip should have taken seven hours. It ended up taking 10 plus. We got mm -hmm. home at like 3 a.m. So I was thinking, I was putting it in perspective. I was like, I'm happy. This isn't too bad if our bus had broken down outside of Calgary when it's minus 20. I the mean, bus has broken down in the past, too. I mean, I yep. remember, I think it was the first year I remember hearing stories like Roy was changing the oil on the bus. And <laughs> it was like, it's it can be a whole thing. So especially when it's snowing and icy and you're sitting in the back playing cards and you you don't really know what's going on but you know you're not moving mm -hmm. that's the big thing you know you're not really going anywhere and it can be traffic but then when you realize what's going on it's yeah it's a little bit tougher even this trip the last trip i mean it took us a long time to get here but at the end of the day we still made it and yep all which good. is yeah all that's, that's all that matters doesn't so. that, nothing else matters how about so in your time you know away from the rink you know a day like today you guys finish up practice or an off day what kind of things are, are, are you doing to keep busy uh it depends i'll usually go home and then i'll probably eat something and then we'll see it depends if the weather's nice or not if it's nice then we'll venture sometimes to san francisco santa cruz or just stay in town but just do something outside um if it's not i, I love to go to movies so go to movies sometimes in the afternoon um what's the last good movie you saw the upside the upside. The upside. Saw it twice actually. Yeah, really. <laughs> Big fan. Huh? I went with uh, Aaron, and then I went back with the boys in Bakersfield. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. What you have like a what's a I guess this area, this Bay Area. There's a lot of things to do. You can go to San Francisco. You can go to wine country. You can go to Monterey and Santa mm -hmm. Cruz. What's what's kind of your favorite spot to go to? My favorite one is probably uh, San Francisco. I love San Francisco. Just going to. I mean, there's the bridge, and there's so much to do in San Francisco, but I love the the wharf. Yeah. I love Where the, the pier, pier, pier 39. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love to go there, just walk around, and and usually go there around uh, supper time, and then you grab, grab a bite to eat and drive back after. And that way you actually skip the traffic. You're not right. stuck in traffic coming back. But, yeah, San Francisco is probably my favorite one. I love Santa Cruz, but I like it on, on a day that – the rides are open and everything's work going on. Yeah. If not, it's kind of quiet. Uh, and then Carmel and Monterey is is awesome too. Yeah. I haven't got. I haven't in four years here. I still have not done Carmel or Monterey yet. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's, yeah. it's really nice. It's really nice out there. I want to ask you about your goalie mask. Um, this year you have the Jaws theme. Um, I love the mask, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's pretty uh, I'm it's kind pretty of, I, I've always kind of been into to different goalie equipment, but the mask I think is tremendous. Uh, what was uh, what was the thought process behind that, and how does that transpire? How do you come up with an idea, and how do you work with the artist? <laughs> so the girl doing my mask, she's really good. She's the artist. I'm, I'm not very creative or anything. So, so it's been the... I mean, since I turned pro, I think she's been doing my mask, and she's awesome. So every year she'll she'll come up with some ideas, and I'll tell her I like this, I like that, or and then if I have some idea, but I can't have ran of idea. And then she really she really wanted to do the jaw, and she saw the movie. I didn't even <laughs> see the movie. I grew up scared of sharks, so I never watched that movie. Um, You'll never go swimming. That usually never go swimming in the ocean again. If yeah, you that no, movie so, keeps the fear so so yeah, I was really scared of sharks growing up, and I still am. So I never I never wanted to watch a movie, but I know how big a movie like it was such a popular movie, and she uh, she was a big fan of it. So she she really did a great job, and I told her I usually tell her just to have fun with it, and she I really tell her just have fun. I don't really give her any restriction. The only thing I'll give her is my backplate. I need. The breast uh, cancer logo on it for my grandma, and I have the one day at a time that's that's been there for for a few years. 
Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think I have a flag of Quebec, but I'm not even sure. Uh, simple stuff. I'm not too picky with my mask, but like I said, she's she's so good, so I just let her have fun with it. As a as a kid growing up in Quebec, who was a guy that you you know looked up to? If, if I was gonna guess, a kid in that region, maybe a little bit older, would be Patrick Waugh. But who would yeah, be a guy? Yeah, it that was you probably Patrick Waugh. I mean, I I think at the time that I was really young, he was winning a Stanley Cup with Colorado, and they had such a good team. So yeah, it's probably Patrick Waugh was and. I was lucky enough, like I said, my mom was a Bill family for, for the Q team in, in Victoriaville, and we were lucky to um, actually have a son with us. So he lived with us, Jonathan, the singer. Um, yeah, he's a singer now, so he lived with us. So I met him, too, and uh, he wrote a book at that time, and he brought the book to me, signed it. So it was pretty special, and, um, yeah, it was definitely my idol. We get some questions from... Uh as we've had with all of our last couple of guests, we reach out to Cuda Country, see if they have questions that they may want to know about you on and off the ice. So uh, I guess one question, first one we got here is, uh, before you came to San Jose, you were in Toronto, and they asked, you know, do you miss uh, Toronto and that city? And you know, I mean, yeah, obviously. It was, I, I enjoy my time there. It's, it's a great city, so, uh, and they treat the boys well, but I'm really happy here, and I, I wouldn't go back there. Um, I, I really embraced the change, and it was a great change for me. And But obviously, yeah, I, I liked it there, and I um, I miss it sometimes. But it's it's really different. There's a snow, and the city is completely different. It's so busy down there, and all the guys live downtown. So it's it's a different environment for sure. Who's your favorite team to play against in the American hockey Favorite team to play against? Uh, I would say Stockton's always a good rivalry. I mean... There's when we play there, we have some Cuda fans coming up, and when they play here, they have some fans. So it's always it's always more. There's more there's more people in the crowd, and there's just more. They score, their fans are cheering for them. We score, and it goes back and forth. So the games are always pretty interesting against them. So in addition to a, a specific team, do you have a favorite city that you guys that you like to travel down to and play at? Or building? Yeah, or building. Probably San Diego. Both. I mean, the building, they have really good fans. It gets loud in there, and the city is awesome. Yeah, so that would probably be my favorite one. What does, uh, what's your go-to pregame and or postgame meal? Pregame, I eat, uh, I eat noodle company, just some pasta before the game every every home game. Uh, after the game, I don't really eat. We have pizza in the, in the room, but I'm not, especially when I play, I'm usually not hungry right away, so I don't really eat right away. Um, yeah, I don't really have any post game. What kind of uh, what kind of training do you do to start off your off season? What kinds of things are you doing to stay in shape? Usually, a lot of yoga, actually, uh, especially early on, a lot of yoga, get loose and get my body uh, ready so it's not too intense. For you don't you don't want to start lifting right away too heavy. So I usually start with with some yoga. Uh, two more here. What a, so I know on the end of your sticks, you you don't have the. On your butt end, you don't use tape. You have, like, the rubber mm-hmm. rubber grips. What do you think of those? And I guess what made you make that switch? <laughs> to, be, to be honest, it's just I'm, I'm kind of lazy taping that part of the <laughs> stick. It just takes forever. So I decided to go with it. It's the same feeling, really, than what I was used to. Same kind of size. So, so no, I, I love them. And then, uh, so if you, if you had to kind of predict, and I guess we can kind of answer this one, too, ourselves, if, if we had to... Our division's pretty tight up at the top mm-hmm. as far as those top, you know, five teams go. So if you were to kind of put a prediction as to which four you think may 
may get into the, the postseason dance here, who do you think those four would be? I mean, it's so tough. It's obviously it's, it's, it's hard. The Barracuda. Barracudas are going to be in. But, I mean, <laughs> other than us, it's, it's hard because you look at there's so many good teams, and even the teams out of playoff, they still, they still have a great team. And uh, I just think about last year, San Diego had such a good team, and I thought they were probably going to win the division. Next thing you know, they didn't even get in the playoff. And we were, I think, I don't know if we were last at that point, but we were low in our division, and we snuck yeah. in. So It's just but, as easy to go, I mean – as these teams, San Diego and Bakersfield, even us at one point in the season, as hot as you can be, it's just as easy to go yeah, in a bit of a, a dry Bakers spell. Bakersfield feels so hot right now, so, and I would have never think that two months ago. Right. So it's it's so hard to predict, but um, the only thing, the only team that might be a little out of the race might be Ontario, just because they're a little lower in points. Yeah, but again, I, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. It's hard to. I think if one has a chance to get in, it's gonna really plays in the next month or two. The next month is really important. Then after that, some teams might be out of the of the race. But so far, everyone's everyone's in there. Do you, I guess, a development question. Do you, obviously, you work with Nabby a lot, but do you ever get feedback from uh, Sharks coaching staff at all? Maybe their Johan Hedberg, anything that they may see in your game yeah, to help you not, with? Yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, a few games ago, actually, um, I think it was a thoroughly game. Uh, Hedy was there, so he came in the room after and talked to me. But usually, we don't talk to them too much. We have our staff here. Really. Yeah, it really all comes they, to Nabby. And so them. they talk to they talk to each other, and um, I'm sure if Eddie sees something, he'll talk to Nabby, and then Nabby will kind of let me know. But no, they, we don't really talk directly. We we have our our staff here, and we work with them. Cool. I guess um, we don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, he mentioned working with that staff. When you're in training camp, everybody's together. Do you enjoy? Mm -hmm. um, the experience of training camp being kind of immersed with the, the goalie group as a whole? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you get to work with Jonesy, Deller, and, and everyone. So it makes more more guys, more more thought process. Sometimes they'll see something different than, um, than what you're used to just with you, Yosef, and Nabi. So, yeah, I, I love training camp for, for that reason. But um, like I said, even though we don't really work directly right now, uh, I'm sure – I'm sure they, they look at our game and they'll let us they'll let Nabi know and then Nabi will kind of do the messenger for us. Well, man, we appreciate you jumping on. It's been a lot of fun. Nice to get a little bit of an insight. Hopefully, we'll get you on again soon. Um, and keep up the good work, man. Playing some really good hockey. We're excited to see where this team is going from our perspective and from a fandom uh, perspective. I think everybody's excited about where this team can go as well. And it starts uh, with the goaltending position. You and Yosef have been, you know, tremendous this year. So keep up the good work. Appreciate you jumping on. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. See ya. Right. See ya. I work hard, I work hard every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But today is my day. It's my day. And no matter what they say, it's my day. La, 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 la. Yeah.